Today, the terrible warriors return. After more time away than we'd like, we're back with new actual play sessions to share with you. This is the first hour of our one-shot recording playing Darla Burroughs' Dear Great Cthulhu, Please Stop Giving Me Superpowers. In the next hour, you'll hear us prepare and start to create our characters, but mostly we just get each other excited about playing the game. And stay tuned afterwards, where I'm going to fill you in on what our schedule will be like for the next few months. Do not worry, we are not planning to drop out of this plane of existence just yet, and we've already recorded lots of material for your listening pleasure. But for now, let's join myself, Velvet, and Ewan as they settle down for a late winter game of Dear Great Cthulhu. Please, stop giving me superpowers. Well, hello there, terrible warriors. Welcome to this, uh, another one-shot. We haven't done something like this since we did uh, Underhill Bywater. So this is a lot of fun. Uh, we are sitting down to play uh, a, a smaller game after we just did that huge, big, epic Simbarum thing. So uh, this is going to be more like the old days on Terrible Warriors, a little more unplugged. A little less of a break for me on the editing. We're going to have a good time, but uh, don't expect me to throw in all the heavy production that we've done in the past. So this is going to be a nice, easy, live-to-tape, one-shot game where we're just meeting on a weekend afternoon with our friends to play some games. And this game in particular, I am very excited to introduce you to. I've been, I have been following its development for... A very long time now and uh, disclosure also a kickstarter backer and i will get into it you've already seen it, it's already in the title i have already mentioned it on twitter but before we introduce the game let me introduce you to my table because i am not alone this is not a one-player game i am joined today on terrible warriors returning actually i think was underhill by water the last one you played with us one That's velvet right. duke welcome back Welcome back, everybody. Uh, excited to be here for another yeah. one-off adventure. <laughs> we just bring you in, and and this is this is what I like doing these one-offs. Is like when we do Simbaroom and when we recorded Cult. Cult isn't out yet. Uh, they they do require a bigger commitment to sign up and not obviously everyone can do that. And so uh, it's really fun for me to still come back to these one-shot games so we can bring uh, people like Velvet uh, to join us and new to the Terrible Warriors, sort of. You've been helping a lot behind the scenes, but this is your first time actually joining me on tape and committing your voice to record. Welcome to the table, Ewan. Hello. Yes, I'm in the pact now. You it's are. Official. You're a Terrible Warrior now. You say you can't escape, but funny enough, the person who made this game, she did escape. She thought she was out. She was uh, one of our founding GMs here on Terrible Warriors. She ran our Edmonton crew. Uh, there's uh, uh, some amazing stories that came out. I uh, arguably, I think, am introduced to many of the indie games that I have played on Terrible Warriors because of Darla Burroughs. Uh, contributions uh, to to this podcast, and then when she left Edmonton and went to uh, uh, to Ottawa, uh, it became much more difficult to 
continue with Terrible Warriors. And so uh, she stepped away and we continued on. And then in 2021, Darla had a Kickstarter for a tabletop game called Dear Great Cthulhu, Please Stop Giving Me Superpowers! Exclamation mark. And it was a part of Zine Quest 3. And it succeeded. The Kickstarter worked and is backed and is being made. And we have a copy of this game and we're going to play this game, uh, a game created by a terrible warrior. So you say you're in it now, you and then you can't escape, but Darla has shown that you can escape, but then you'll come back anyways with a game that you have created that we're going to enjoy and consume on the show. That's true. Even after moving all the way to Ottawa, she can't escape your grasp. From Toronto to Edmonton to Ottawa. Yeah. It that's a that's a lot of back and forth across a very big country. <laughs> so oh, it is. It's I'm the actually, cycle it's, of Canadian life. <laughs> well, as I say, you have to move out to move back. Um, yes. Especially in radio, I I can't tell you the number of people I've worked with who've like gone to Calgary or gone to Edmonton or gone to uh, the Maritimes to then get a job uh, higher up the ladder in Toronto. Um, yeah, yeah. This is and we're. <laughs> It's so much different. Uh, our American friends who have all of your cities so close to each other, where it's so much easier to just get in a car and go down the road to the next one. We're so much more further apart. Like Vancouver might as well be a different country in terms of the actual space uh, in, in between all us. Well, we're not here to talk about Canadian geography. We're here to talk about, dear great Cthulhu, please stop giving me superpowers. You and in Velvet, I sent you um, copies of this game in advance so you could have a chance to look over it. It's a very painless rule book to get through. Before we actually get into um, the rules and setting up our one-shot and creating our characters, uh, I'd love to hear your initial thoughts on what you thought about uh, about this game and uh, where, where, where we get into it. And, we're, and of course, don't worry, dear listener, we're going to explain what this game is about. I'm just very excited, so I'm jumping all over the place peak ADD today, uh, just just having a really fun time having everyone back together. Uh, but I'm going to stop talking because I'm doing a lot of this rambling right now. Uh, and I'd like to uh, offer the table up to uh, to both of you, Ewan and Velvet. W- what did you think about, what, what was the elevator pitch that I gave you for Dear Great Cthulhu? Like, where, ha, what, what were your initial thoughts about this game when I, when I sent you uh, each uh, a private message? I can actually look at the private message right now. So oh, this no. will be a fun. Yes, this will be a fun. This is a documentary now. I would like to uh, present to the court exhibit a exhibit a you said it might be a fun game, <gasps> which is oh, no. pretty Why damning evidence. Such a qualifier like that. I know. I need to be more uh, assertive. It's really disturbing, actually, now that you say that. But you also said it was uh, by someone from Ottawa, by a lovely lady from Ottawa, which made me excited because that's where I'm at. I'm not going to get into Canadian geography again, but it is cool to see someone who moved around a bit and then came up around here yeah. in this uh, area. You also mentioned... There's uh, a lot of tabletop developers in Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, that uh, the, yeah. the the person who made all the maps for the 7th Sea games is uh, a, a, an Environment Canada cartographer <laughs> who works for the government and works yeah out of most Ottawa. of them work for the government that's just inevitable <laughs> that's all the of the side. theater people here work for the government all of the drag queens work for the government it's <laughs> it's pretty wild it also has a lot of queerness going on and a lot of autism both of which are things i am not an expert on more of an amateur yeah. amateur autist amateur queer beau so that's 
fun. And yeah, I think it definitely lived up to your elevator pitch for me anyway. It's got all of the hallmarks, all of the interesting stuff uh, at its core. It's quite nice because the idea of heralds of these people who have been granted truths from the great beyond (laughs) is good because I mean, everyone goes back to X-Men and X-Men as the original, well, not very original, but a, a foundational metaphor for queerness, for disability, for all sorts of other social marginalizations, but it's always a metaphor. Yeah. It always depends to the era that X-Men was being written in because sometimes it was Uh more focused on civil rights and then later it moved into queer storylines and, but always sort of adjacent to that. And in kind of the way Star Trek does as well, where they, they have this veneer of science fiction (laughs) that they can use just cloak the story just enough um <laughs> i have so many opinions about a certain episode of star trek the next generation that i'm not going to get into <laughs> oh, Riker we'll wanted that. to kiss a man on screen but we won't talk about it um yeah whereas here unlike x-men where when you try to mix the queerness or the other social marginalizations in with the metaphor it kind of we get a little friction it doesn't quite work yeah because it's a metaphor for the thing and the actual thing both being depicted in the story here instead of Harold's just being a box for whatever social problem you want it is no no this is science fiction we have added this particular spin onto some existing problems you might have like explicitly mentioning hey queer Harold's might have particular more problems are you Someone who's gender nonconforming and then you get tentacles out of your eyes. How does that worsen or improve your dysphoria? I don't know. Yeah, I really know when I was reading that it was like this is like X-Men is one thing, but also X-Men was not written by queer trans or even black folk for a very long time. It was written (laughs) to white guys. So the uh, the, the Darla is herself uh, talks very openly about being uh, both on the spectrum and also trans and writing a game that would help bring those, those different desperate worlds and experiences into a story so that other players that don't have, her lived experience can experience that through this game of community building. Um, And they do mention like there are going to be, there might be a case where if you're playing a character who is already non-binary or trans who then starts and it's dealing with uh, body dysmorphia as a human and then starts sprouting tentacles and wings and extra eyeballs, that actually might not be nearly as traumatic to them as it would be to a cisgendered person only because now the dysphoria is is going truly chaotic and you have a whole new opportunity to redefine what your body is and what your gender is because now you have wings and uh, and you have like things coming out of your orifices that you didn't before and and so it was like not all these things are are, are going to be equal for everyone and it was a really interesting paragraph that she wrote in and it was also a reminder like this is also why you need to have people who've had these experiences write these games because I couldn't, I wouldn't have thought to write that paragraph in if I had come up with this game concept. Darla does because this is Darla's life. And uh, it's a really great reminder to <laughs> you'll bring more people into your writing room, right? <laughs> Velvet, you're laughing the whole time going like, yeah, well, yeah, you stupid yeah. idiot. Yeah, like, like, just <laughs> preach it to the choir. I, I love you, but also like just... <laughs> I know I'm I'm saying these things very obviously too, but also like this is, um, 
similar to there's I've got a few other games on my bookshelf that are written by uh, by by trans creators and and they are written for cis players to have an opportunity to you experience something they just wouldn't have and and it's more more we need more of these games we, i don't i don't need another combat simulator um uh, let me tell let me tell yeah, you about hot alien sex another time it's it's, <laughs> it's another great twist on yeah, anyway it's good good times cool. uh but yeah velvet what were your uh because I, I i i believe i mentioned you with a very similar message i sent to you and about what dear great cthulhu was um and uh what was that what was that initial reaction like for you the title was the first thing that grabbed me. Uh, it's that mix of gothic horror, supernatural horror with Cthulhu, and then superpowers. It's like those are two of the genres that I really dig. Uh, so I and to be able to embody that. I mean, it's a it's a role playing storytelling game just from the title and the fact that that there's resistance. It's like stop giving me means that you already have some. Okay, yeah, so it's I'm already invested happening. in this. <laughs> concept already and then as uh i think our conversation then went into uh introducing me to darla and the fact that darla is in ottawa well i'm in ottawa it's like oh again more of my and you're in ottawa it's like more of my I just move to ottawa it, I like get over every, it. everything about this uh about the way that this game is presented is my normal Whereas a lot of the other games I've played, it's somebody else's normal that I've had to try and fit into. And I can because I'm amazing. But uh, this one just made it a lot easier. And even the things about the reduced dice rolls and, you know, and having the table of, okay, well, this is how you create your power. And this is what you can control versus not control versus control with uh, with a cost. Well, hey, if that's not the autistic experience, uh, just just about, uh, behind the scenes. There's so much safety yes. in the consent of the character creation yeah. and in the rules and in the conversation that's, that's woven into the DNA of this game. It's not the safety tools are not offered as an aside optional thing. They're they're intricately part of the design philosophy of the entire game before you even get into hey this is the world this is how you engage with each other around the table and i know that that's become the new norm uh in in tabletop design but to me it's 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 also how i lead my workshops it's how i lead my shows i try to be very mindful and very like conscious and conscientious and so yeah we're going to get into stuff potentially and we can x out <laughs> uh, or we we knowingly go there it's like let's fit this on for the next hour and see you know see where it leads us uh but i so i was very excited it also reminds me of uh Inamine, which is a steve jackson role-playing game from back beyond you know the grave uh but where where you're playing an angel or a demon and the idea of having resonance and the actions that you take having a consequence so uh the high note low note being something that okay yeah you can do this thing and there's a consequence i i find with a lot of games that consequence really comes down to if the dm decides that there's consequence or if it, and that's okay but with with these games that are collaborative it's like having it built into the system built into the reality and everyone's on board was okay here we go we are having to contend with this 
means that there's more opportunity for storytelling that isn't about getting the loot or getting the, you know, defeating the big boss. It's about the, hey, how are you actually doing in this moment when you have tentacles out of your eyes? Like, how are you, <laughs> what do you need right? in this moment? Before we get too much into the weeds, because you were mentioning high note, base note, low note, these are cryptic words, my dear listener, that you won't understand. Uh, and uh, and I know I, I did things backwards. I had them ask for me their reaction without telling you what the game is. But uh, let's let's get into what this is because dear great cthulhu please stop giving me superpowers velvet you're absolutely right that that title alone gives you so much conveyance it's like all right we're dealing with these eldritch horrors we're dealing with we're getting superpowers we have already received superpowers and there is an implicit threat that more are on the way and so it, it gives you a before now and future promise right there in the title it's really wonderful and you know, I said earlier about Darla being, you know, with, with their, Darla is also a LARPer and someone who has spent a lot of their life reading about the occult and throwing themselves into that kind of like cosmic horror and all of those worlds you've seen on Terrible Warriors with games like The Strange and uh, and, and the other stuff that, that, that she ran for us on, on, on the podcast, whose names are now blanking out in my head and i should have had a whole list of them available for me but you know you know what her style was or is and so to take both her real lived experience and then also wrap it around her very real interests with this is just i always saw this game this is this is the game that only darla burrows could have made and uh it just was perfect so dear great cthulhu please stop giving me superpowers is a game about being uh, of what they're called heralds who are receiving both mutations and superpowers from the old ones as well as like visions and truths in the, they manifest in different ways that are very much impacting your life at some point in our world as the book puts it the stars were right and they and and the old ones reawoken and throughout the planet people were chosen to be their heralds. Now, these are alien, ancient beings who are totally unknowable to our sad human little minds. And so we don't understand why the heralds were chosen. We don't know if there even is a great plan or if they're just making it up as they go along. But what we do know is that a whole bunch of people around the planet have changed. And at first, some of those powers would have been some of them might have even been useful and they would have be, been 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 accepted by society as like holy smokes this is going to be really nice but then the powers keep coming and they keep conflicting and they keep mutating and eventually it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when society ends up pushing you out because they just can't deal with this anymore and so we are heralds in a support group that are meeting on a regular basis uh talking about our lives and helping each other with each other where the the buy-in is that we are even if there's going to be internal conflict we are friends and we are part of a community and we're linked together by our heraldnesses and so as we keep developing superpowers through this game and apparently it's going to happen a lot uh we just have to keep moving forward together as this community even if we are moving further and further from any kind of acceptance from the rest of society who's looking at us as like you're just 
you're mutants, you're monsters, you're freaks, you're you, you we, we can't accommodate uh all your limbs. You have too many limbs, and some of them are uh, uh, burning and spouting liquid glass, and we just can't deal with this anymore. So uh, we, uh, the, the powers themselves are generated through five dice rolls uh, over multiple tables, and you roll through all these tables. So there's a, a one in something like seven million chance that you will end up rolling the same power twice. And so, and even if you get powers that are similar, uh, they might show up on different parts of your body. You might have different degrees of control over them. And then there's a little bit of interpretation at the end from the player who can then define a little bit more of like exactly how this manifests or is used or how it roots into you. And so we will create our heralds. We will roll up our superpowers. But then we'll also create our community and uh, the the things that are their touchstones, the conflicts that are already existing within them. Um, and then finally, we will look over what are called the world playbooks. So they're, they're, they're playbooks similar to like a Power by Apocalypse game. There are different playbooks of different characters. But there's also different playbooks for the world. There's five in them. And they each represent... Things like uh, uh, the institutions in the mortal world, as well as how the old ones are communicating to the heralds themselves. So uh, they have, for example, like when someone interacts with or gets attention from a person in the government or a corporation that will activate the star's world book and you'll get that playbook and you'll have access to certain moves as well as the way the old ones are currently communicating to you uh, while you have that. And then you trade that book away when you need to engage with a government or corporate structure. You can then trade that book to another player or you put it back into the center of the table. And so these things will these these playbooks will move around. You might get more than one, although Darla suggests we should never really have more than two at a time because we need to deal with these <laughs> when they land in your hand because they represent more of a, a present active interaction that is currently pressuring our community. And so the other side of this is it uses a system called the belonging outside belonging system created by Avery Alder, and it is a diceless system. The only time we will roll dice in this game is when we are randomly assigning your superpowers, but you are never rolling dice in a scene to determine success or failure. Success or failure will be determined by the three of us as we discuss the scene and figure that out. Uh, we will all be playing the role of the GM. There is no GM in this game. We will play other characters. We'll set the scenery. We'll put up the window dressing. We'll play our own characters and uh, we will we'll take turns, you know, letting others have spotlight and move around. And uh, uh, we'll, it's much more freeform and interesting um, uh, than, than like that more structured um uh, dice based play so we'll, we'll see how we'll see how that plays out and so without any dice rolling we have what are called low notes base notes and high notes you still have moves that you can use for your characters and these moves are written throughout the book as like story prompts uh they are um 
uh, oh, I've got it here, the, uh, the, the, the Herald note. So like a base note is using your powers, but causing collateral damage in the process. Uh, and base notes are, uh, they're neutral. Uh, they won't um, harm, they, well, I mean, into the story, they won't, they won't offer, they won't take away tokens, they won't gain you tokens, they won't give you superpowers. They just move the story forward without being explicitly negative or positive in their outcome. Uh, so uh, those, are, those are the base notes. Uh, but if you wanted to use a low note, low notes will give you a token. Tokens are used, you can spend a token to activate a high note. But so you have to go through the low note at some point to get those tokens. Whenever you use a low note, you gain a new superpower and we'll go to the table. We'll roll it up. So every time you want a token through a low note, you'll gain a new power as well. And the low note, one of the examples is lash out with your powers recklessly, irresponsibly or selfishly. It's very different from the base note one. And uh, it tends to cause a lot more shrapnel in the scene that will affect everyone around you and once you have a token though you can spend that to activate a high note and a high note uh is a moment where you have much more clarity and control and it's it's a good you know so we're going through the peaks and valleys of your life here and a high note the example use your powers in a controlled way which minimizes collateral damage and so um uh, you have so so we're 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 oscillating between high bass and low note, and we'll likely be going up and down between all of them as we go through our scenes. Each playbook also has specific notes that are available just for them. There's a uh, so you have prompts, but you also have uh, bass notes, high notes, low notes, and you also have on a player book the deep note. When you use the deep note. You get to take a token that you can use for a high note, but you will not gain a superpower. The, for the example, the support character, their deep note, allow your commitments to draw you away from the group at a crucial moment. So uh, they are all expecting you to be there. They need you there. It's absolutely imperative that you're there, but you also need to pick up your kids from school and you leave them in that moment to go deal with your very important commitment and you, and you drop them uh, and you throw them under the bus to go deal with your other, your, your life and you get to take a token. So every, so the deep notes, um, a lot of them read, they really twist the knife. They're, they're gut punches where you have to do something that is important for you at the expense of your community and, and you have to do this. And so the, uh, so, so if you use a deep note, you get a token, you do not get a new superpower. And again, tokens can be used to be spent on high notes as well. And every player book, every playbook also has like their own unique high base and low notes. So we have like a, the Herald notes that we all have access to. These are like the standard moves. And then every player book also has individual unique moves that have been offered to them. And then the, as I mentioned, the world itself has playbooks that will be passed around. And I don't know how much I'm going to dump into the podcast in terms of those details. We might just go over them in play as we're playing them, but we'll do uh, a little bit of uh, character development, uh, character creation. Where we have to circle uh, some of these things. So we won't go over all the moves because no one's going to retain that anyways. Uh, but you'll have your playbooks in front of you. And as we're playing, we'll just read them out. It'll be fun and be surprising. It'll be weird. So the um, the the setup now is we've got our world, we have our heralds, and we have our community. Let's go over the five playbooks 
and you know, feel free at any point to like give me your reaction and your feedback and what you think about each of these individual uh, archetypes. And then at the end of going over those five, we'll each pick one and uh, we'll go through that character creation. We'll roll up our first superpower. We will then create our community. We'll have some circles to circle. We have some choices to circle on that page. And then we will very quickly go through the five world books and make the choices to circle them. Because even though these books are passed around, the choices that are circled uh, remain. They can be changed at any time during the game with the consent of the table. Uh, And that's true for everything in this game. If you roll up a superpower and you go, no, I don't want that one. That's fine. You can roll another one. You're going to get a superpower, but it doesn't have to be that one. I feel like you, uh, if that one just particularly, you just don't, <laughs> you just look at it and go, nope, I don't, that, that, nope. So there are five playbooks. They each represent different roles that are, um, that make up our community. And so if you've ever been part of any kind of, especially like a, like a, something that like, organizes itself in activist circles uh this might feel very real to you as we're going over these roles so the first one is the mask the mask is able to hide their powers for now and are still able to pass as a normal human they have something to lose if their herald status is revealed But for now, they are able to go places and engage with power structures that the other heralds cannot. So you would choose this playbook if you want to be a secret outsider, juggling your need for inclusion versus your need for community. And so some of the things that you have to lose could be your job or your family or your community status if everyone were to learn that you're a herald. Now, of course, as you gain more superpowers through game, it will become much more difficult you'll eventually just be completely you'll be like three kids in a trench coat covering yourself up so that no one can see the mass of tentacles that are underneath uh, your shirt at all times the uh the next one is the nerd the nerd is deeply involved in the lore the study of and the discourse about the heralds and the great old ones they can become frustrated or be sources of frustration when others are not as involved or interested in that knowledge Choose this playbook. If you want to make up facts that are true, use jargon and dive deep into what it means to be a herald of the great old ones. So if you have a love of the occult and you know old lingo and you want to really like get into the lore of like why this is happening, how this is happening, what are the old ones doing and why are they doing it? You could do it. The nerd is the role for you. Of course, no one else in the group might care. Because they're dealing with the fact that they're uh, dripping, burning sand out of their eyes every day. And for them, the motivations of the great old ones are not nearly as imperative as the clear and present danger of burning sand coming out of your eyes every day. The newbie, the third character class, has only recently become a herald. And they come with preconceptions and old ties, but they also bring fresh ideas and energy to the group. So choose this playbook. If you want to be naive and wide-eyed, dealing with the emotional extremes of your new existence. So every group needs a jubilee. 
we're talking about the X-Men. Uh, but you're the new you're the new gay baby that's joined our group and you're going to uh, bring new ideas. But also like one of the things in character creation is uh, I was looking ahead. Um, who have I accidentally offended by breaking a rule I did not know about? Right. So like you also don't know what the uh, what the status quo is in this community and what people are expecting and what you should and should not be doing. And uh, it might be something like um, uh, meeting someone in the street and saying hi to them can blow their cover, especially if we've got a mask in the group and you don't want to out someone because you met in secret in your weird Herald support group um, because the rest of the world might not know that they're a Herald yet. So, uh, and you wouldn't know any better because you you're making new friends and you're all friends. Oh, hey, how are you doing? Oh, it's so good to see you. It's like, will you shut up? You don't know me. You don't know me. Get out of here. Who was that? No, nobody. Just asking for change. Just a weird homeless Herald. Uh, so, that kind of thing. Uh, already, like, you've said that this aligns to, like, advocacy, to, like, the queers. Like, this is, like, talking about these ones, it's like, yes, I have seen this in the various communities. These yeah. roles very much exist. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you, you, you meet someone, you're dancing with them at a gay bar, and then three days later, you're at the mall and you bump into them. But they're not at that bar anymore. They're not in that mode anymore. They're not wearing that face anymore. And uh, uh, do you know them or not? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and all of the, both the joy and the pain points and the loneliness and the feeling of community. It's like, oh, there are, you know, there, there are more of us out here than we know, but also we're not allowed to connect. Yeah. The newbie is both excited to meet all these people and to feel this inclusion, but also, um, dealing with why are you know, why would you be ashamed of me and of our friendship and and, and the, this conflict that comes into it is like yeah but we're also this world is also dangerous to heralds and there are certain things that you have to be careful about because all these other people the mask the organizer the support that we're about to introduce they also have people they're trying to protect and to keep safe during this and to so the newbie without knowing can inadvertently bring pressure and threat to the community that can threaten that safety and that stability that someone like the organizer has spent very hard time making sure that they are stable. So the organizer, the next group is neck deep in the group and is the herald of the, of this herald community. They are on the ground, making sure the group has space to meet organizing community support and action. They struggle with balancing the group and the community with any of their other commitments, inevitably having to make some very hard choices about their priorities. Choose this playbook. If you want to do the work, be the pillar of the community and worry about how to balance that with paying your rent. <laughs> oh gosh. This being right after the newbie also really speaks to how a lot of people I have known who fit some of these molds have been different molds at different points in their lives. Yeah. Yes. Most of them start out as the newbie or as the mask. Or, you know, they go from movie to mask, mask to newbie, yeah. and then end up as an organizer or I'm jumping ahead slightly, but becoming the support happens to a lot of people as they and their family and their friends grow older and yeah. uh Yeah. 
you know, it's that weird cliche that people always get wrong where they say, oh, well, eventually you'll get older and you'll stop all this activist nonsense. And it's like, well, no, yeah, I, I really want to come out to the street and march with you. But also I have a, a kid who needs to finish their homework and be fed and put to bed on time. And, and the, I, I can't yeah. get a babysitter. And the thing about <laughs> it is people don't stop their activism work. Usually they don't stop being committed or, you know, in the case of a lot of things, they don't stop being affected by the problems that had them come out to the space in the first place. Queer people don't usually, well, sometimes people have journeys, but most people do not immediately stop being queer. They <laughs> they get pushed out of it or they have to reprioritize. And it's, yeah. that's why I like the support a lot, but that's uh, that's jumping ahead. Sorry. So the <laughs> final character is the support. The, yeah. the support has other commitments outside the group that are constantly pulling them away. They might have a busy job. They might be a parent or a caregiver. They cannot focus on the group as much as they would like, but they have access to resources that the others do not. Choose this playbook if you would like to be the heart of the group while struggling to hold on to what you have. Mm-hmm. Adding so, to what you said, like uh, all of this is through the lens of one particular community. But when you're a member of multiple communities, you could be the mask in one. You can be well, the support in another. You could be the- what if you are playing a character in this who is a herald who is also a queer activist and you are part of two communities in this way or you like like it doesn't have to box you into this a mundane life you're like no i'm actually out here already marching for uh uh uh, wealth equality (laughs) or for different you know rights of that and and so i can't always make it to this meeting that we're having to help break in the newbie and teach them about this whole thing because i'm i might be a support in this group but i'm an organizer in this other group and Uh, or, or in the case, like the, the artwork that they've got in this, uh, the support character, uh, has other child heralds crawling all over them. And, you know, they, they, you can't drop everything when you have little lives to look after. And so it's also cool. Like, I, I don't know if, I mean, you two have probably had this experience before, but when you bring someone from one space into another and suddenly their relationship, not even a negative space, not even a space where you have to be super master closed off, but just their level of knowledge, if you take, I don't know, uh, this doesn't usually happen because disability and queer spaces are often relatively intertwined. But actually, no, if you take a queer person who's like mostly abled, bring them into a disability space, even if they're coming to learn, or even if they're coming because of an acquired disability, sometimes they are just, it shocks me sometimes how completely bowled over they are by it how they go immediately from being the most organizer of organizers to the newbiest of newbies. And it's not, some people get very frustrated because it's work and I understand that frustration, but sometimes it's almost cute. It's almost like, Oh my gosh, it's almost adorable until, uh, until you get a huge influx and then you have to deal with it all. And then it becomes very, very real, but you know, (laughs) it's also like that. Um, was it that valley of confidence versus experience? Mm-hmm. Like the newbie also thinks that they yes. can like rewrite the book and they've got, but they don't. And, and then you go down to that part where you're like, now you don't have any confidence or experience. <laughs> and then as you start to build that, the, the, and you get to that second peak and was a Mount stupid or something they called it. It was a, mm-hmm. when it, if you're working uh, with, you know, a, even just in a professional environment where you're trying to train someone on how to use a, a computer system or a um, 
uh, tools or something like that in a trade and they go like, oh yeah, yeah, no, this is, how hard can it be? It's like, no, 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 you're, you'll lose a hand. You need to, you need to slow down and, and, uh, recognize that, uh, you, you are naive and you are inexperienced and you do not know what is the safe way of going about this. We do, and we're going to teach you and you need to acknowledge your lack of experience here, even though, you know, especially the newbie's going to want to kick in the door and be like, Y'all are just sitting down here in this church basement. We should be on TV. We should have a podcast. We should get the word out about what it's like to be us. And people are like, no, I don't, I can't be on a podcast. People can't hear me. I don't have a mouse. I only speak in bird clucks because all of my mouths keep being replaced by many, many bird beaks. Sometimes visibility is surveillance. You know, it's hard. Uh, You have to figure your shit out. Yeah. And and it's all like there is no script. The script is being written fresh every day, especially in a group like this where um, our organizer might be one built one way <laughs> on Monday. And then by Wednesday, the old ones are going to give a whole bunch of new superpowers. And they're going to be built a very different way <laughs> on Wednesday. Uh, and uh, and then we also have to rally and, and figure out how, how to move forward. Were there any of these five playbooks that reached out to you that you would really like to play today? You know, uh, each of them, of course, uh, uh, the short answer is no. <laughs> they, they all both They're scare. all very nuanced and interesting. They all both scare and uh, delight me. Uh, you know, I, I feel like uh, today I'd like to go with the organizer. The organizer, okay. I mean, tomorrow, Wednesday, that will change. But today... Well, you don't- you, well, you, it's not, you, well, it might be a fun fantasy for you because you, I know you don't have any experience in trying to find event spaces or, right, exactly. or finding a place to host groups not of people, yeah. uh, having to, you know, get... Fill in when somebody drops out last minute for reasons. Yeah, no, like, yeah, yeah this so is very that, much my life. Uh, be- <laughs> <laughs> which is why, I mean, they're all very much my life, depending on the hour of the day. So, yeah, I just, of, of the ones, I feel like the organizer, because it's a little bit known on a day-to-day, there's less mm-hmm. stress about the how do I, how am I going to, for a role-playing perspective. Mm-hmm. So while you're looking at there at the organizer, you'll see every playbook has a section where like you can either circle or choose one for yourself when it comes to name and style. But it gives you an idea of like here are the intentions of what this play type is uh, kind of designed to be. So you choose a name, you choose a style uh, and you circle one from each line. Uh, And so like the style tends to there's always a section on your eyes and then there's a section on kind of how you present, how you dress. Like, are you, in the case of the organizer, do you have a coordinated outfit or do, are you wearing stuff that's fresh from work uh, or, or just something that's thrown together uh, haphazardly? Um, then choose what pushes you forward. And these questions are different for every playbook, but for the organizer, what pushes you forward? Family, community, hope, ambition, faith, or pride? Then what holds you back? Family, work, faith, doubt, or pride? would be interesting if they're both the same one. There's nothing saying they can't be. Then choose a key relationship, a mentor, a self-advocate, a religious leader, a community leader, a local politician, a local business owner. We will also define, we'll give them a name, we'll give them a place in our, in our environment so that we know who they are because 
no GMs at this table, we might all get an opportunity to role play as that character as well. So this is a key relationship to the organizer. Uh, and we'll also define why it's a key relationship. Maybe this is, if it's a case of like a local politician, maybe it's someone who's helping you with like permits and ordinances and helping as like a, like an ally that is trying to pass pro herald legislation and, and is out there doing that. Maybe, maybe that's their role. Um, so that, that kind of stuff. So something to, to, to define with that. And then you're going to choose one and you're going to ask us and we'll ask this when we all have our characters figured out who was here when I first started or took over the group or who is my confidant who listens to my problems. And then you've got a series of prompts and every playbook has prompts to look to. If you don't know what to do in a scene, look to your prompts and see if there's something there that can help guide you. Try to keep everyone together and active in the group. Listen to other people's problems. Be, but be slow to share your own and fight tooth and nail for your community. And then on the back of that page, I won't go over these, I'll leave them to you, Velvet, to activate while we're playing, are your player-specific notes, your high notes, your base notes, your low notes that we were talking about, as well as your deep note. And so uh, between episodes, before we play our first story episode, uh, make sure to review that, and, and probably just keep it up on your screen so you can, uh, you can um, reference those uh, through, through, through the play. So I'll let you have a look at that, Velvet, while I go you in. Uh, four more playbooks to choose from. Was there one that's reached out to you through the ether? I hate to copy Velvet, but I was having those moments of like, I have felt drawn to all of these at different times. Uh, when I first read it, actually, I was looking at the mask very hard because I was like, why are they judging the mask? And then I read it again and realized, oh, they're not really judging the mask. I just feel judged while I'm <laughs> reading it. Yes. Oh, uh, this is internalized. Uh, <laughs> uh, the mask is probably I. I'm not going to pick it. Spoiler alert, because I will probably get too real if I start playing the mask today on this day. But I did want to point out the mask is actually one of the most devious playbooks in here because that is such a point of pain in mm. a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, hiding gives you benefits. And separates you from the people you really need. And it can apply to a lot of things. I mean, obviously the word masking for autism is pretty uh, on the nose, but you can apply that to queerness. You can apply that to fatness, disability, all yes. of those. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they do use in the description of passing as well. So mm -hmm. being passing. able to. Transness um, goes in there too. Yeah. 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 And it's, <laughs> uh, it, it's a lot of things all at the same time with one simple playbook. <laughs> so if you want to get very. <laughs> Um, cathartic, hopefully, or uh, potentially a little dangerous, pick the mask. But today, I think I'm actually going to go with the nerd. The nerd has obviously pain points as well. They all have potential pain points and they all have potential for drama. But the nerd, to me, at the very least, seems like a place where I could have a little <laughs> joy today. Uh -huh. It's snowing in Ottawa. My windows are frozen out. Oh, yeah, it's snowing for you, too. Yeah. I, I'm going to play the nerd today. Yes. The nerd has a very joyful picture as well. They're looking lovely. Uh, I was going over the art. The artist for this actually has a lovely Twitter. Uh, uh, Yumigo on Twitter mm -hmm. uh, has some really cool stuff. And I really love what he did with all of them. I mean, the organizer actually is very handsome, which I enjoy mm -hmm. a great deal. But the nerd is looking lovely. We have a lovely array of body types. I love seeing fat people looking pretty. 
That's yeah, all I the, want. The, the, the nerd has been blessed with many. I actually like on the nerd's picture, there's the one eye inside <laughs> the hand that yes. is reading one of the lower books. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's so cool of like how mm-hmm. they use their mm-hmm. body full of eyes. <laughs> yeah. Someone makes more nerds simultaneously. And the nerd is asymmetrical, which is exciting because most of us are asymmetrical if we look long mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. But yes, I'm thinking of going with the nerd just because that's a place where i think i can get excited it's a place where i can make up lore on the fly which i enjoy because Mm -hmm. don't we all uh we're going with the nerd nice yeah i'll put that aside so for the nerd again same deal you'll choose your name your style um and you'll choose two things of what you know and so this is what you're nerding about why different people think the great ones are here or how the stars came right the event that that started all this or what scientists say about the herald or what religious leaders say about the heralds or how to commune with the old ones or what the general public thinks about the heralds and what's fun about the nerd is because we're also the gm what you say can be true it yeah. doesn't have to be rumor it doesn't have to be speculation yeah. it yes. can just be defined as this is your this is the canon in this world now mm-hmm. and um you also choose a key relationship, in this case, a professor, a librarian, a bookstore owner, a conspiracy theorist, or a scientist. Mm-hmm. It'd be kind of fun <laughs> that the nerd is actually working in research, like sleep studies, to figure out yeah. what makes Harold's tick. Um, and uh, uh, choose one to ask the group, how has my knowledge helped one of you? Or who have I made uncomfortable with my knowledge? And finally, prompts, uh, consider the weirder options, try to understand a problem or situation for reacting, and have facts, uh, have, have your facts handy. <laughs> Just keep lore dropping. <laughs> Just keep, we're like, now isn't the time. We're, we're actually talking about something really important here yeah. of like, you know, we need to help so-and-so find a new job because they just got like, yeah, but have you considered that at exactly one o'clock in the morning, every third fortnight, the Herald powers glow, a luminescent green that, d- d- yep. nerd, this isn't... Yeah. And now let's talk about how humans luminous anyway. Big of true, big of true, but also big of true. <laughs> I can channel, I can channel Twitter theory arguments as well. Like this is this is what the nerd is doing, especially because we have now an organizer playbook in here. <laughs> nerd versus organizer, I think, is almost designed to be a like not necessarily antagonistic, but there's definitely a level of competition, yeah. right? I mean, I'm certain you've seen it, Velvet, where like. Someone's saying, well, we're going for this sort of action. And then someone's coming in with their very particular theory or tendency saying, well, you're getting a little too caught up into the origin of heralds and not necessarily uh, present with the present state of the heralds. That's not the definition of (laughs) non-binary, actually. (laughs) Uh, You can... You can insert (laughs) every possible (laughs) argument in there. Yeah. 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 Battling over the exact language of bisexual versus pansexual and the use of that. And if these words are now slurs or if they're not, if they can still be Mm -hmm. used by the community and, uh, yeah, it's hard because it matters, but it doesn't matter. It does, but it it doesn't in the right moment. Yeah. Right. Time and place. Uh, <laughs> this is, we haven't even started and like the conversations yeah. we're having from this game this is why i'm so excited about this game because it does just make you think about it 
and it <laughs> makes you talk, invites you to talk about it and, uh, and, and to go, oh, <laughs> this is this is real for me. But yeah. also for the person at the table where, oh, well, this is not real for me. That's so interesting that it's really, um, uh, you know, getting your hair to go on end <laughs> in that way. With, with, yeah. with certain things. It's been interesting to see which ones you've been focusing on. So I have three to choose from. The newbie, which seems interesting. Um, the person with the bright ideas. And and that might be actually quite appropriate for me to choose to coming into this. Because I do feel, um, you know, for where I am, that I, I am coming in as a newbie. Both into this game and also into uh, this kind of thematic discussion. Uh, the mask does feel very antagonistic. He's <laughs> like, but they're also choosing to come to this community. And they also, whether they like it or not, they are a herald. And they can be as in denial about it as they can, but eventually those powers are going to either destroy them, but irreversibly change them and their status in, in, in the world around them. Um so the mask is very intriguing to me, but also I I just like that's that's a lot of heavy lifting emotional. It <laughs> it's gonna it be, be it's, it's gonna be really interesting. Also with the organizer and the nerd to then like throw in, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the support um, was someone I was actually like looking at the support, uh, especially the image they've got of like having to juggle being part of this group, but also having kids of their own or, um, or having these other responsibilities and constantly trying to juggle them and never having enough time to do that and sleep and, uh, and, and do all that and constantly having to apologize and making it up to the group because you just can't meet all of the, uh, commitments. It's compelling, and isn't it? It's compelling, but it also <laughs> seems really like Real that's real. the one that makes me feel like I want to have a nap. <laughs> I had a support half built in my head. I was really considering it. It does look uh, fun is the wrong word. <laughs> Engaging. It yeah. Looks, yeah. <laughs> in, uh, it, intriguing. Fascinating. <laughs> Positive adjectives that aren't uh, like we're going off and playing. You want to do it. It won't be fun. You want to do it. <laughs> Yeah, oh man, I'm I'm waffling between these three. Is there, is there, is there? Is, would you like to push me in any direction here? Is there one of these three that you'd like to advocate for? I would like to encourage you to move away from the newbie because you were not as far out as you think you are. So, so I would say that the support is the one that you were most energetically engaged mm -hmm. in discussing, and so that would be where I would. Uh, Encourage. It's the one I can certainly uh, personally relate to a lot more. Just the idea mm -hmm. of having like, yeah, you've got you got your work, you've got your community, you've got your personal your life, pets. you've got all this yeah. stuff, and you're trying to do it all at the exact same time, and and that's uh, not always possible. <laughs> I also think that possibly because this is a relatively short run yeah game we're doing yeah, this we're, in like we're, we're gonna go in we're just we're like a we're just doing a drive-by on this the newbie game. or the mask feel like longer stories the newbie feels like a story of growth which the would mask be really is a slow burn if you're just thing. doing the yeah. mask for an hour or two like we are you're not gonna get you're far gonna enough get to actually have their arc reveal any kind of satisfaction uh they're like even if it's good or bad for them like there's they're not gonna face the consequences of their action at first the whole point at the mm -hmm. beginning is that they're not 
that's like their whole arc. Uh, and same deal with the newbie is they're coming in very green. They're not going to get tempered until you've gone through a, a, a couple of fires and, uh, and you need to go through that. So yeah, the support does kind of lend itself much more to um, right out the gate. I'm tired. That's my <laughs> <laughs> who isn't. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, I think support organizer nerd is also a story where we can try and tap into something that's a little more. Said, of there was a, a meme going around today, yeah. going like, "Dear government, please institute the four day work week. I really need to do my dishes." <laughs> I was doing my dishes right before recording. That's why I've got my my dinner here. I was like doing the dishes, threw the food together. I have ten minutes. Great. <laughs> okay. I can eat tomatoes me- quietly. Let me circle, um, find a pencil first, and let me circle uh, this playbook. Bup, 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 bup. And uh, same uh, with the two of you. Uh, so uh, I'll just, uh, I'll edit this little pause out as we circle them down and we'll uh, make the characters. Just for, for brevity for me, I am just going to use uh, the, the uh, a selection from the name and the styles that are there. Um, but feel free to come up with your own big name. I'm always so resistant to giving canned names or pre-approved names, but I actually like the name Xavier, so... Yeah, some of these names are really good. (laughs) And we will pause right there and return to our character creation in progress next week. The Terrible Warriors is made possible by listeners just like you, who decided to support us through Patreon at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors, and to our Patreon supporters who have supported us through the holiday break, thank you for your patience. It's good to be back. Next week, we'll complete our character creation phase of Dear Craig Cthulhu, Please Stop Giving Me Superpowers and set the rules of our world in motion when we'll find out what kind of community we are working with and, most alarmingly, what randomly chaotic powers the old ones will thrust upon us. To learn more about Dear Great Cthulhu, visit basicandbizarre.itch.io. The full link is in the show notes, and you can follow Darla Burrow on Twitter at BasicNBazaar. The full spelling is also in the show notes. It's an N between Basic Bazaar, not and or or anything else, just the letter N. And I promised I would tell you what's coming up in the next few months. Well, we've got Dear Great Cthulhu, Please Stop Giving Me Superpowers that we have recorded, and that's going to fill us out to the end of February. And then starting in March, our next long-form game with GM Mitch Wallace bringing myself and Kimberly and Ainsley into the world of cult divinity lost cult is probably going to be the darkest most explicit game we have ever recorded on the terrible warriors don't worry i'll have content warnings before each of those episodes that you are prepared for what is coming it's something else and it still makes my skin crawl that begins in march but for now, we wanted to have a palate cleanser, an intermission game, before we dive into another long story. And that was what made picking this game so much fun. And also, it's just really fun to play a game that a friend has made. So, Darla, congratulations. The game rocks. And stick around, dear listener, because we are going to get around to playing it. And it turned out really, really well. Your terrible warriors today have been Velvet Duke, myself, Justin Eacock, and Ewan. Editing and production is also by me. Our theme music is by Epic Game Music. And we'll return next week when we will meet the heralds of the old ones right here 
on the Terrible Warriors.